VHS files contain spoilers, adult content, and harsh language. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back to the VHS files, everyone. We're closing out Green Month and Nazi punks, fuck off. Fuck you. Tonight, we're uh, we're doing a fairly new movie. Probably not the newest movie we've talked about on our show, because Terrifier is a little newer than this one. And and Host. I forgot we talked about Host we from last Twitter year. We did too. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. We, we talk about new movies all the time here. It's, 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 yeah. just, it's a normal yeah. thing. Yeah, we jump from the 70s to three or four years ago, any given time. Yeah. But 2015, uh, pretty much the peak of civilization. Right, just before Trump came along, uh, before COVID. Oh yeah, twenty fifteen was pretty good. It's 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 weird to think that that was only six years ago. <laughs> well, seven years now. <laughs> seven years ago, um, and life was so much better. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we figured we would close out Green Month with a green movie, uh, a movie that I think all three of us have seen in the theater together. Which is going to be rare for this show, I believe. So this is going to be a fun conversation in that regard. Plus, a movie about bands traveling, playing shows, when Jason and I have been in a couple of bands together. And uh, I'm sure we've got some stories to tell when we get around to certain parts of this. Yeah, but Stories ton- similar to some shit going on in this movie. Tonight we're talking A24's Green Room, uh, starring Anton Yelchin and Mujim Poots and Sir Patrick Stewart. And uh, yeah, this is this is an A24 movie as well. We've never talked really A24 stuff on this show because we typically talk about older stuff. But uh, a company that has been making waves in horror and, and, and in film in general for the past decade and uh, producing some really good shit. And it would be it would be ignorant of us to not recognize some of their movies and talk about them when we do a podcast about movies. Um, one that I'm very excited for is X, which will be out by the time you guys hear this episode. What do you think is on it? I see one goddamn fucked up horror picture. But I am very excited to see that, and that is gonna, that's coming from A24. Um, you guys have any particular A24 movies that uh, you, you, you like right off the top of your head? Midsummer immediately comes to mind. It just on A24. Now it's it's almost become like a, a meme or a joke that like almost like IPAs, you know, you're you're <laughs> you're like some <laughs> kind of like you, you, you make fun of the A24 fan. You know, the fact is they're they're letting filmmakers come in and do original ideas yes. and giving them the freedom to you know, to do what they want in in a way that not a lot of other production companies have been and to great results, you know, and you could say, Oh, it's an A24 film. It's going to have X, Y, Z, but yeah, I guess it might have more gore, more sex, more, you know, push the boundaries more because Mm -hmm. it's not trying to reach a broader audience. It's, it's really allowing people to tell stories how they want to tell them. So yeah, you're obviously going to get certain elements uh, that that you might see patterned across uh, yeah. their lineup, but I mean they they've got an amazing track record. It's they're they're hot as hell. I mean, looking at the filmography, looking at the movies they've produced over the years, I mean there there's more in there that I have seen and liked and than seen and not liked. Absolutely. Um, 
Now that I'm I'm sure there are some some stinkers in there. I mean, everybody's got opinions about movies, and some are good and some are bad. But um, I have kind of jumped on that A24 hipster bandwagon as of late. I'm like, I want to pick up all the A24 stuff, and but like you you brought up a good point, Eric. Like the, it's such a wide spectrum, and I it, I believe it it started with with drama movies and maybe some some of the like indie sci-fi stuff, but. It's a company that produces a wide spectrum of genre. Like you can you can see all kinds of movies through A24. And a lot of them a lot of them have this sort of, you know, hipster sort of connotation to them because they are typically movies that are elevated and things you have to think about a little bit more, things that aren't going to tell you exactly what you want to hear when you're watching a movie or explain it to you. So that's where that sort of little ding comes in with people who are big into a 24 is like, Oh, this guy must be into some weird fucking movies. You know, well, I think uh, like out of the a 24 movies I've seen, I probably haven't seen near many as you guys have. Cause I'm kind of in my own niche of movies. And there we yeah, go. you're, you're a, you're a mirror, you're a movie snob. Yeah, we established that on the snob. leprechaun episode. Yeah. <laughs> and considering I'm saying that my movies are better than everybody else's. Cause that's really what a snob is. I'm just saying, I, don't think that what the movies that everybody you else don't loves have to keep good. explaining yourself Jason. No, I'm you're, explaining you're myself and i'm gonna have it. the last word right yeah yeah uh, exactly but I, it's okay I, if you're a snob dude but uh the a24 films i actually uh, the ones i've seen like the witch light uh the lighthouse and stuff like that and a few others mm-hmm. to me this is a little more tame as, in some like ways a, yes yeah as a as yes. a mind fuck of a movie that most of these guys uh, men and women that direct these movies for a24 they had these weird twists, like old school M. Night Shyamalan, whatever movies type things, uh, but take them even farther than he did. But this movie is kind of just a straightforward movie with a great story compared well, to The Witch and Hereditary and uh, stuff like that. It's a straightforward movie, but you can't say that there's not a point in this movie where things take a turn for the worst and it kind of makes you uh, take a drawback. Cause like, yeah, what this movie doesn't have is sex or nudity, which, you know, a lot of their other notable horror films in particular have a lot of that type of stuff. Penises Mm -hmm. and whatnot, you know, lots of penis. There's no penises in this one. (laughs) This one's penis free, but that doesn't mean that it's not good. Okay, Jason. If you've watched, if you've watched uh, uh, fucking Euphoria on HBO, it's produced by A24, and there is penis all through that show. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, they tend to take that to the extreme as well. It does push the envelope with violence. Oh yeah. Oh, for sure. We've seen movies even more violent than this that dealt with that American History X. Sure. That's sure. some pretty gruesome stuff because I mean that movie still sits uneasy with me. I can still hear teeth on the concrete. Well, that's why this movie, I think, is very watchable, despite, you know, certain moments that are graphic. I find it very watchable and, frankly, pretty fun, like a fun watch. Uh, But, you know, American History X is like a complete downer. Doesn't mean it's not a good movie, but this is, you know, these are the differences that, you know, like some movies are great, but you don't, you know, they're not fun to watch, per se. Yeah. This one rides the line on it, yeah, though. It's there. Because <laughs> watching it a couple nights ago, I watched it with Jenny, and when the movie was over, she's like, that's one of those movies where when I've seen it, I don't want to watch it again for a while. <laughs> you know, like, and I will say, sitting in my living room, dark, watching this movie, just me and my wife, 
and not really, you know, I've seen it a couple of times, but it's not one that I regularly re- revisit. Um, there are still moments in this movie that make me fucking, whoa, like freak me out in, in, in a sense. Yeah. Well, it, it um, rides that edge of, of, you know, just pushing that, what you're comfortable with, particularly with, right. with some of the gross out violence. The razor knife's edge. Yes. <laughs> you, you might say the box cutter's edge. The box cutter's edge, yeah. <laughs> But you also brought up a good point. We're talking about a 24 and then, you know, letting filmmakers make their movies and not trying to reach a higher, you know, a higher audience uh, that, that in the case in, for this movie, this had a budget of $5 million only did 3.8 million. So this is a bomb. These movies aren't expected to perform that way. Right. They're not pulling Marvel money. They're not expected to right. at all. They're doing interesting things, not just with horror, but, you know, you've got eighth grade, you've got mid 90s, you've got Spring Breakers, Spring Breakers. Oh, yeah. You've Josh got, loves oh, yeah. that movie. I love Spring Breakers. The Disaster Artist, you got Lady Bird, you know, Florida Project. You've got just straight dramas, too. Yeah, it's 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 really great to see somebody giving these filmmakers an opportunity to make these stories. Some of the I mean, this I'm just looking at their list. and It's just nuts. You go down the list yeah. of what's on there. And you're just like. Oh, those are all and great. and you you bring up Marvel movies and I remember uh, Eric and I uh, have a mutual friend who has a friend of a friend that is a producer um, and uh, when Midsummer came out they kind of invited some people to go watch it with him and talk about the movie and whatnot that's what I was referring to is uh, we talked about doing that and we never ended up doing it I think you ended up going to yeah, that yeah. showing but I wasn't able to I didn't even know but, I was um, until it was over and- but I remember uh, I, I, my wife um, and um, she said she was talking to him at some point and he was talking about how you know Florence Pugh was great in Midsummer and whatnot and he's like well she's She's doing a Marvel movie. Yeah, right yeah. Now. He said that to, so, to like, me after we watched Midsummer. I was like, boy, she okay, was great. Okay, it was you. I was like, boy, she was great, uh, the, the lead there. And he goes, yeah, she's working on a Marvel movie now. But, I, you know, he couldn't say anything else. So that was actually yeah. like a year before it even I even knew that she was going to be in the Black Widow movie. So it was just, right. it was, you know, like I didn't know, but it was like, oh, yeah, that's what happened. Right, but, uh, and and who? She's and, and would you have imagined? I mean, she was she was great in Midsummer, but would you have imagined like she would be at the stature she is now from her performance in Midsummer? I you know I, I don't think I would have called that, but I'm glad to see that she's getting recognition. She's a great actress. I didn't expect her to be an action star. She didn't give me action star vibes uh, in Midsummer, but I thought she's excellent in Midsummer. She was great in Little Women too. Uh, the I think Greta Gerwig directed one. Um, but yeah, I, that was actually a. a I haven't seen any of the other Little Women, but that one was good. But yeah, I mean that's that's one thing I like about a a twenty four as well is you get to see talent kind of grow within a production company like this, and then they go on to do the bigger, better things for Marvel or Star Wars or whatever it is. So it seems like a twenty four births a lot of stars right now as well, and and directors as well. You know, getting a yeah. a, a launching pad into bigger movies and things like that. So, yeah, it's good. Good stuff. Which is crazy for this movie, considering how much I think this movie is is amazing. The director hasn't really gone on to do anything more like like more notable than this, from what I can tell. Um, I know he did Blue Ruin, which I haven't seen, but I've heard yes, it's good. Jeremy Saulnier is his name. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I've seen Blue Ruin, which is great. I saw that before Green Room, actually. And then I've also seen Murder Party. Uh, I haven't seen... Hold the dark yet? Which have you seen that one? 
I haven't. I saw the poster for it when I was looking at his stuff With today. Jeffrey but Wright? I, I don't even think I've heard Jeffrey of that Wright's one. Jeffrey Wright's in it? Stars in it? I, I need to watch that, dude. After watching this, I'm like, dude, what am I thinking? I need to watch that damn movie. Yeah, I kind of... I. I kind of want to go back and watch some of this guy's other stuff. I I've been sitting on Blue Ruin for a long time, and I, yeah, when we when we went and saw this, I think you mentioned he did Blue Ruin, and had I seen it and at that point, I haven't, I hadn't, and it's I still good, haven't. and it stars so. the guy, uh, the guy that says I want to go to jail in this movie. Yeah, and Murder Party's just insane, fun horror flick. I think that's on Shutter, uh, and he's in that one as well. Um, yeah, but Hold the Dark, I have not seen. Netflix movie from 2018, so pretty new. And Jeffrey Wright, I like Jeffrey Wright's been yeah. killing it lately, yeah, too. You, so you, you got to feel good about that. Also, um, he directed a couple episodes of season three, True Detective. But uh, a rare occasion, this is a movie we all saw together in the theater. Not all three of us together, but I saw it with Eric, and then I saw it again yep. with Jason. Yep. So, and I remember... Yeah, like Eric mentioned briefly, like we walked out of the theater going, wow, like we did not expect. We really we were blown away. I, I, I remember walking out very vividly and just going like, dude, the arm scene. <laughs> like, we're just yeah. like, what the fuck was that? Like, that was crazy. Right. These moments, these movies. And I think around this time, there were a handful of movies. that the, When did when did uh, when did Driver come out? You have these moments of extreme yeah, violence. It, it, that come, you know, it's like calm, calm, calm. And then you're just like, holy fuck, like something crazy happens. Right. Uh, I, I feel like that was kind of almost a, a, a little trend uh, back then or since then. I don't know. But uh, but I, I just remembered that was the first thing we talked about was the arm when we walked out. We're just like, dude, that arm. Yeah. <laughs> And that's the that's that's the one thing I want like I'll start with with this movie is is the is the realism they try and set up in this movie. Yeah. Like there's never a moment in this movie where I feel like I'm watching a movie. You know, other than the fact that I'm watching Jean-Luc Picard be a fucking Nazi, you know. <laughs> like I, you've seen him as a Borg, but have you seen him as a Nazi? <laughs> <laughs> well, resistance know. is futile. <laughs> So you have a sense of realism that you can like relate to with like me and Eric there. Whereas there's the other, uh, the other sense of this movie where Jason and I have been in yeah. bands together. And then there's the sense of, Oh, we've been, not only is the realism there for that, we've done the shit that they're doing in this movie and have probably been in a couple instances where if one thing would have happened wrong, it w- would have led down that, that path. <laughs> That's the thing that you get right off the bat in this movie is they, they establish a couple things. One that immediately, you know, you see the kids wake up in the cornfield. These kids are reckless, right? Oh yeah. They, they've passed out at the wheel. They're all, pa- they didn't even wake up when the car, when the van crashed into the no. cornfield. So you know that they're, they are reckless. They're, they're making poor decisions. They're being, you know, they're not, they're, they're not, they're not, they're not, they're not, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. It It all starts with the band, and it was just about recreating that feeling of actually immortality and and naivete and everything that you have when you're young and you're dumb and you're just rocking and rolling. You've got the the fact that they're they're young they're young kids, and you know they're already going to have a different perspective on things than everybody else. But then you factor in the fact that yes, like they are traveling all right. the time. They're barely sleeping all the time. They, they, there is nothing in my fiber that like makes me not believe that these kids drove off the road because they were so fucking tired of driving. Right. 
Like, again, like that's another sense of realism you get right off the bat here is just like, and then the fact that they have to steal gas, you know, just to, to get where they're going. Yeah. They, yeah. And they're kind of off the grid at this point. So that's important, obviously, because they're no one knows exactly where they are, which plays into later, you know, when they yeah, get into they trouble. Yeah, because they set that up because uh, Anton Yelcha's character, Pat, you know, they're the, when they're doing the interview with Tad. You got to be there. Music is for effect. It's time and aggression. Technical wizardry. And it's shared live. And then it's over. The energy can't last. You know, they're definitely punk rock. And they'll play a show wherever, as long as you pay us. And me and Josh have been there many times where you think you're going to get paid. And they go, well, all we got was six bucks. (laughs) (laughs) I've definitely had those shows where they go, well, here's your cut of the door. It's $25. You know, he sets them up this show. Apparently, the show that they were going to play got canceled. We've been there before as well. My last show at the Muni Center didn't end well. Uh, Lots of vomit, some fecal matter. Got a backup lined up, um, lunch, 50% cut on the door, and you guys would headline. But Jason and I have a similar experience to that. I re- you remember that show we played in Destin, where it was basically the front of a restaurant oh. that had this like little yep. gate around it? Mm-hmm. Like We were totally not expecting to play a place like that at that point in time. And it was like, oh, and, and just the the fact that you got to you got to deal with, OK, I'm going to play a show today and it could be in the front of a fucking yeah. restaurant, not not playing on a stage in front of people, not getting any money because there's only six people there. You yeah. know, the one thing I did like about the food thing uh, and Josh remembers this, we would play a place that was out on Panama City Beach called Sea Level. I know Sea Level. Dude, yeah, the one was when it was on Front Beach Road. Yeah. They would put you could play and you got like half off the food plus a bar tab. And dude, the club sandwich was the bomb. That was the best part about playing the show. There, you, this club sandwich was like this big, you could only eat half and then go play the show, drink beers, and eat the rest of the sandwich to suck up the alcohol. And they took care of the bands too. Like they came, you got your food half off or whatever, and they, they didn't skimp. It was like, it was almost like they, if they knew you were with one of the bands, they hooked your oh, ass yeah. up. They you took know? care of you. I have a question. Do you guys think that the interview kid set them up on this? I mean, I know he got them the show, but do you think he had ill will towards them doing that? Or do you think there was no way he could have known what was going to happen? A a naive kid that's trying to promote and trying to get himself out there because he's not in a band and doing his best. And he felt bad. I mean, we've had that where people like tried to promote a show. They really didn't know what they were kind of doing. And they're like, hey, I'll get you on mm-hmm. another show, and blah, 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 and which just, it's happened out that happened that way a few times. But I really don't think he had any clue. I don't think he knew it would turn Bands go in and out of there all the time. The problem this yeah. time was they witnessed a murder. Yeah. It's not like murders yeah. happen there every day. They, they just, you know, they walked in on the murder, and that's, that's what set all this off. They would have been fine. Yeah, they could have just. Yeah. I mean, I think if anything, the, the way it was set up, they might have got their asses kicked before they left for being who they were on stage. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think that's what would have happened. <laughs> yeah. Old worm might've, might've done something. Well, that that's another thing that makes them being stuck in that green room. And, and that, at that moment with that other band, even more tense is because they went out there and made this punk rock statement saying, fuck off Nazi yeah. punks. And then there's trapped in this fucking room with a Nazi band. Yeah. Well, isn't that a you know, dead Kennedy song? it just adds to that dead, tension. Yeah. A, yeah but they yeah, said yeah. they said it was a cover. It's a cover. Yeah. And then they went into, <laughs> but, yeah. but you even remember what Tad told them. Hey, 
play your older, heavier stuff. And yeah. it went over yeah. great, man. The people yeah. were moshing and everything like that. You know, they were getting into it. So, I mean, but they were just they were full of skinheads. I mean, I think we played a show. I don't know if you were in the band at that time, Josh. I think you were, but it was over in Tallahassee. Played somewhere, and there were a lot of guys walking around with red suspenders on. And we yeah. were told, and I didn't know that growing up here and where I did in Texas and going to that part of Florida, I didn't know anything about the whole skinhead music scene in that uh, off and on in that area. Yeah. I was just told, don't pick fights with anybody with red suspenders. Don't make any snide jokes. They got, if they're wearing red <laughs> laces, don't look at them. <laughs> and you're like, oh, yeah. okay, what the fuck's going on? I had to have it explained to me. And honestly, that's another thing about this movie that I really love is that shit is in here, but they don't explain it to you. But with the way they sh they frame their shots and the way they shoot certain scenes, it just tells a story. You know, that exchange when he gives the guy the red laces, he's like, you earn these. It's like, you don't have to have it explained to you. Like, you understand what's going on. Right. There. And, you know, I mean, it's worth saying this movie's really beautifully shot. Uh, we're getting a right. little ahead yeah. of the, the beginning, but the stuff in the there are moments in the beginning when they're kind of establishing our characters it's not a lot of time is mm -hmm. spent this movie is like 92 minutes long beautiful yeah. love it i was Short yeah i was sweet. like love it my wife i was like <laughs> this thing is 92 minutes baby breezy easy breezy but <laughs> you know and like do you think hold on do you think that that has something to do with like how you judge a movie like how 100 percent, how yeah I'm thinking this is why I like horror so much is because so many horror movies are like 90 <laughs> minutes long. It's incredible. Back in the 80s, it was uh, or in the 80s, like 80 minutes, hour yeah. 20. Sure. Yeah. That's all you got. Yeah. But then you got the Batman. We just watched three hours. Yeah. <laughs> you like, but there's some really nice shots of them, you know, driving. There's some shots mm -hmm. of them kind of joking around with each other and, and, and you can see that they're all kind of good people. They're all, you know, maybe they're a little rough around the edges with their lifestyle, but that they, they establish that they're all, yeah. they're all good people for the most part. They're all pretty nice to each other yeah. and they kind of razz each other, but they're, they take care of each other, you know? You have a female in the yeah. mix with the band too, which gives it a little more variety. Right. They, they're nice. And she, I mean, she yeah, holds her own her in with this respect too. Like, and, she's great. You know, like they establish yeah. very nicely and concisely through visuals and through a few drop lines that they're, you know, we've got a pretty good group of people here. They're, they're not really trying to cause any trouble. Now, this is going to be one of the like artsy fartsiest things I've ever said on this show, but you know, a lot of people, especially on YouTube. Now you got these people that'll di dissect a movie and tell you what each shot in the movie means and all of that. And there was a shot as, as they're driving up, like you're explaining where they drive past a gate that has a lock around it. And it's in the middle of the woods and whatnot, but you see the van go by. And I was like, that fucking shot tells the exact story of where they're going <laughs> yeah. right now. They're going to be locked in a place where they can't get out in the middle of the woods. I, like I started getting really fucking like scientific with it, but I was like, that's, that's kind of cool. Like I, it's, it's cool that you can take a simple shot like that and, Idiots like me can just be like, that shot tells an entire story. Yeah. There's uh there's another little bit of foreshadowing when I think it's Tiger, the singer guy, says in the interview, mm -hmm. I won't live to be 70. Yeah. Uh right. Yeah, they they're they're living this kind of carefree lifestyle and it's gonna bite them here in a minute, you know? 
literally literally yeah, yeah in his case literally <laughs> a couple of them and the other thing and this is and this is something else like while this seems like a very straightforward movie i feel like there is little hidden things in it when they do the interview with the guy and he's talking about a social media pressure uh, presence and why they don't do that sort of stuff and they seem very analog they're not of the mm-hmm. digital age so in theory the reason they end up where they end up is because they go back for technology because they leave the phone in the green room. Mm. Technology bites them in the ass. Interesting. Tech, tech not like this is a technology is a bad sort of message. Like again, I got a little deep yeah, watching it. That's this interesting. Time. Are you smoking? But, How much? But in a, in the sense <laughs> uh, that is interesting, but at the same time, you know, if they were all over social media, they wouldn't be able to, they wouldn't have even tried to kill them and disappear them because right. they would have been too. They yeah. noted that, that, Hey, they really kind of don't exist anywhere, but here, yeah. the last know. person it, they talked mm-hmm. to was Tad. You know, There's a couple things like that, that I was looking at too, Josh, where I was like, what does this mean exactly? I, the dog, for instance, I felt like the dog was important, uh, but we'll get to that. I guess that's where my film snobbery is starting to come into play now is I'm starting to think about shit like that, watching movies now. Like, what does all of this stuff mean? Maybe because society is telling me to do that now from watching YouTube videos about it all the time. The other shot that I really like in this is when they go out on stage and they're playing and the the crowd is moshing and, and da- dancing to the music, but it's got this orchestral score underneath it. That's what Pat was talking about in the interview, right? Uh, music is a shared experience and then it's over. And, yeah. and you know, yeah. after you watch this, the first time and come, go back and watch it again, you realize this is their last performance. Right. Uh, yeah. So yeah. Yeah. That moment's special for a reason. And I think they, he takes his time on that and lets them enjoy it before things get bad. And what I thought was cool is they're up on stage playing. They're actually playing their instruments. Jeremy rang me up the week before we were about <laughs> to start. He sent us four extremely fast, punk songs played by professional punk bands and said, know these in your sleep. Yes, that's another aspect of this movie. Like, the realism there is like, okay, this is going to be a movie about musicians. We're going to make sure we're catering to them as well. And I... um, Watch the behind the scenes on this and the band. They really learned how to play. To the, the drummer and the singer had never done anything yeah. with music before, but the girl and Anton Yelchin had played guitar and bass and whatnot. But yeah, they they played a show as the Ain't Rights at, at like one of their film parties and um, did performed on stage. Awesome. Like they wanted that to be a real performance. I thought that was cool because you're watching it and like me and Josh have made this statement back in La Bamba. And stuff like that, you can tell when mm-hmm. they're actually playing, and you—it's right. really good. I mean, I know it's music over film, you know, like that, but they're doing a good job. I mean, it's very believable. And like you said, the uh, Pat's character and Sam's character both played guitar, and I like that they made Sam the guitar player. He's the guitar, but she's yeah. not the drummer. She's not behind the kid. Right. She's not the <laughs> bass player standing in the corner. They put her up front with the guitar, and I was like, I like that they did that. Mm-hmm. They gave. They let her be up front yeah. a little bit, you know, and she does last for a lot of the movie. This is by far one of the best horror movies I've seen of the last Absolutely. decade. Absolutely. I, I was like, thinking after watching this again last night, I, I was thinking. I don't even think it's a horror. Be, I consider it a thriller. 
I think it's a horror movie through and through. Like it is a horror thriller, I guess you would say. Like there is a thriller aspect to it, but this totally works as a horror movie. Uh, I think this is one of the best movies, period, in the past 10 years. For, for me, it, one of my favorites anyway. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's catering to a crowd that's perfect for, for Jason and I and musicians as far as being musicians. And then just like, again, like something that's set, like set in realism like this is. And it knows what it needs to do and it does it well. And it's, it's great. Like it, it so much puts you in that moment that when shocking things happen, you're fucking shocked that you're watching it. I think the thing that, sh- the thing that shocked me the most is him saying, get the shit out of the hallway. That's fire code type thing. <laughs> Cause code. I've heard that so many times. <laughs> yeah. Keep your instruments out of the fucking hallway. And I'm like having flashbacks, get the drums out of the fucking hallway. It's, you know, the fire marshal comes through. We're getting in trouble. We're shutting the show down. That's what's scary to me. I was having flashbacks of that shit. Some, some slayer on the soundtrack on this one, Jason, did you catch that? Dude. Oh yes. I could hear a uh, war ensemble playing in the background. I knew exactly what it was when it came on. I was like, yeah, and they even did. All right, yeah. Let's ask the question. What's the band you would listen to on a deserted island? I love that. I love that they said that up throughout this, and that it's the through. Tell someone who gives a shit. I could have swore that he said Pink Floyd at the end, but I like it. I like it better that you never you you never get to hear. But I love that they set that up, and that is their like a through with the band throughout this entire movie, and it and it ends the movie perfectly. They all at first they're all saying they're punk rock. Name your desert island band. Only one, Misfits. No, the Damned. Um, a fuck it, Misfits. Poison Idea. Chromex. That's a good one, also. But when the shit hits the fan. All right, fuck it. Simon and Garfunkel. Desert Island Band. <laughs> Prince. I'm still in Misfits. Yeah, <laughs> ah, see, your life's coming in. You're going to be honest now. We're, we're, I'm not trying to be hardcore. Yeah. I'm going to say Dead Kennedys or The Exploited or something like that because it's punk rock. Yeah. But one guy did stick with The Misfits. What's it, that so it, <laughs> yeah. I like that. I'm sticking with The Misfits. I'm still sticking with The Misfits. <laughs> but I love the uh, Imujin Poots' character. Um, she, She's not even part of the conversation when it starts. But it's such a thing in there when they're about to do what they're about to do that she's like, and I love her response too. <laughs> Madonna Slayer. Yeah. And Slayer. I, yeah, I like it. She, she is so Slayer. badass in this movie. Like, I love her in this movie. I like her in pretty much everything I see her in, but uh, she's so cool in this movie. I did not realize she was the girl from that, that movie. I can never pronounce it. The one, the Bavaria. Bavarian. Bavarian. I did Bavarian. not realize that until I did my notes, and I'm like, oh, yeah. it's the same girl. Because you really can't tell with the haircut yeah. and everything. I really didn't know who she was. Because I just watched that right. a couple weeks ago, and I've seen Green Room a few times, and I didn't even put the two together. And I was like, oh, damn, she to- looks totally different. But uh, she does a great job in this. The thing is, is they set this this film up, and you're going along, you're going along, you're just along for the ride. But when this shit starts to hit the fan you really start to put yourself in that situation. It's like, dude, what if you walked through a fucking door and saw this yeah. shit? And, you know, he could have played it cool. He could have tried to play the situation off, but his first response was to fucking duck and run, call the cops. Yeah. Like, it's, it's it puts you in a position where it's like, dude, did he make the right decision? 
couldn't they have played this a little better? Couldn't he have been a little more calm about it? But it's something about that, like adrenaline rush. It's like, what do I do? In Everyone this situation? acts pretty naturally in this. Uh, their all their reactions to violence feel natural too. You know, they're they're just regular people. They're not used to seeing all this stuff. A lot of times in movies, you know, you have death and violence everywhere, and people, you know, you're in a movie, you're and people react to it very mildly or don't have a chance to react to it. In this, people are getting sick. People are completely like, yeah, reacting in a very natural way. And and in in the heat of the moment, you wouldn't necessarily be super rational and think every every scenario through. You'd panic and try to call the cops. And yeah, they they panic yeah. a lot in this, and they make a lot of bad decisions because they don't know what to do. They're scared. Uh, I think not just. Yeah. Our main characters, but also the bad guys at times get nervous, get freaked out. We're, we're not dealing with ice cold terrorists like in Die Hard or something. These are even the Nazis are kids. Know. Well, the, 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 yeah, there's a thin line a there bit. because because uh, 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 it's like, yeah, like I, I agree. There, There's some of them that are like maybe they haven't gone as far, but like Patrick Stewart and the couple of guys below him. They've done this shit before. Patrick Stewart and the dog guy, yeah, are ice cold. And the guy from Cowcatcher, yeah. the band, when he's talking to Oh, Pat, that guy, yeah. Worm. That, uh, there's a couple. Yeah, even, Worm's even, a scary dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. Even Gabe, the the guy that's right underneath him, he's kind of a little freaked out, but he's still like, hey, we're just going to go ahead and call the cops. No, you no, know, Gabe, we'll Gabe, Gabe doesn't care. like any yeah. of this from the yeah. get-go. But he's Gabe's keeping freaking a, out. He, but he's like keeping it under there i mean they're all just talking like but like the band from Cowcatcher. they're back there they're just like so what a, there's a fucking girl here with a damn knife in her head we're gonna go play a show okay well here we go <laughs> this this brings me yeah. to a point anyway so now that you guys are saying this but yes i agree those characters are are ice cold but i i was just no, noting that some of the a lot of the the nazi members are young fresh-faced yeah actors they don't look, they're not grizzled. Yeah. They don't look like they've been in the, yeah. they, even the guys with the red laces have baby faces. And I don't think that's an accident. I think they're, right. I think they're cast for a reason. And they're, they're trying to say that these young mm -hmm. people are being manipulated by Darcy and, yeah. you know, the other people. And, and I think mm -hmm. this movie, I think that's where the dog comes in, where it's about training and manipulation and, and the dog yeah. still loves its owner, even though the owner, taught it all these horrible things i i think there's some tie-ins there but right when this movie came out the the biggest thing about this movie when it was com coming out was what what was everyone talking about the only notable actor in this film patrick stewart this was the movie where patrick stewart was a nazi that was the top thing when you oh green room is that the one where patrick stewart is a nazi because you'd never seen him be so awful. He's such a beloved actor. <laughs> you know, he's he's uh, a very progressive guy. Well, uh, let me say something, though. Like, he, okay, from the moment he comes on screen in this movie, he is terrifying. Okay. Terrifying, calm. I'm going to disagree with you. Really? I think the scariest individual in this movie is Worm. He, get, he creeps me out. Okay, he's... Scary. <laughs> He's pretty creepy looking. So. Your set was pretty good. What was the name of your second to last song? Oh. Uh, toxic Evolution. 
It's fucking hard, man. That's the one I did her to. He's intimidating. He's scary. I think Patrick Stewart is out of place in this movie. I, I would have rather an unknown actor play Darcy. I think I would like this movie more. Well, I did read and that. I really like this. Wow. Movie. Yeah. And I did read that when he read the script, he was deeply unnerved. At some point in the story, I poured a large scotch Picasso script. It was so unsettling. I think that's why uh, one of the reasons why I like this movie as much as I do is is Patrick Stewart, because he's not supposed to do Interesting. this. He's not supposed to be in this. That's movie all I like can that. think of is this is Patrick Stewart being a bad guy and he's always a good guy. No, dude. I think I think he turns on that. I, th I think he turns it on really well in this. This might cost you your livelihood, Clark. As long as it doesn't cost me mine, you're covered. I'm glad we're disagreeing. I enjoy disagreement. Uh, maybe it's because I watched basically all of Star Trek: The Next Generation, and he's Jean Luc Picard to me, and I can't. It very well could be. I did not. I did not watch either. all of those. So. Uh, but. No, maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. I just I just love Patrick Stewart too much to like him in this movie. I liked him as Professor X, but that's what I mainly go with. That, I, I guess that's a generational thing is like who like who is who is Patrick Stewart to you? Is he Jean-Luc Picard? Is he Professor X? Is he the Nazi from Green Room? You know, like. <laughs> but I understand I understand what I understand what you mean, Eric. Like I, that's that could absolutely be a distraction for someone that. No knows him that way. But for me, like I liked the fact that professor X was stepping out of the professor X thing for a few minutes and doing something a little off, off kilter. I don't think and, he's like, necessarily bad in it. Like his performance. I think it's just the distraction of it's Patrick Stewart doing it. You, you were waiting for them to release the dogs and him go engage. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's what you were waiting for. And it didn't happen. And it would have worked. If he would have said it, it would have worked. Yeah, I want to be like, Gabe, T, Earl Grey, hot. But that's the other thing about his performance here that I really love, too, is you can tell that he is a, a terrible person who's done terrible things, but he also has that sort of sweet grandpa feel to him as well. Like, the whole conversation with them between the doors. Uh, I'm getting hoarse. Can you hear me if I speak at this volume? Okay, now, you're trapped. That's not a threat, it's a fact. Well, we have a loaded gun. It's also just a fact. Oh, we have plenty more guns on hand. We just want you out, not harm. Oh, yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he's bringing the level down so no one's yelling. He's getting one voice. He's manipulating them. That, that yeah. uh, you know, lovable grandpa vibe is what gets all these young Nazis to follow him. Yeah, he's he's a, a scary individual because he is in full control. He's never upset. He never yeah. loses his temper. Even when people are getting sliced and diced, he's like calm as a cucumber. Nice. Uh, so, yeah. And that's what I, makes yeah. him scary to me. Yeah, I, yeah he's, he's scary. Like, he's scary. Yeah. I'm not saying he's bad per se, yeah. but I, I just, I, I think this movie would be better if it was just an unknown creeper yeah. creep, a good performance, but from someone else. Yeah. Now the one you brought up worm, the singer, mm -hmm. dude, that part when he picks her up by the knife that's yeah. stuck in her head and drags her across the floor to get his knife. That's probably one of the most disturbing scenes, even in the horror movies I've seen. You're like, fuck. 
He is yeah. pulling a human body by a knife that's stuck in her fucking skull. And yeah, in front of her, in front of her, like friend, friend. and yeah, and and it's people he don't know. He doesn't care. But your description of that is one thing that sounds terrible. The conversation they're having about it makes it that much more terrible. There it is. Oh my god. Emotion is like just cold. Like oh, there it is. Like. Who doesn't care about anything? He's a nihilist. Oh, that must be exhausting. Yeah, Worm is a nihilist for sure. You get them in this dire situation. They're in a room full of people that are absolutely out of their minds. They don't know who they can trust, which is where Imogen Poots' character comes in. Because she seems like she's affected by this as well. But they don't know if they can trust her. Like, I love that there is that distrust yeah. there with someone who's genuinely trying to get out just like they are. Um, but I... I'd love when shit hits the fan that she's the first one that's not afraid to get her hands dirty. I mean, she has more kills than anybody in this movie, I think, right? It's fucking hardcore. She kicks yeah. ass. And speaking of her kicking ass, I love, and you can insert Fuck the clip. Yo, quiet. Okay, Justin, don't move. Nobody move. No, if we get all behind Nobody here, Nobody talk. Careful now. That is the fucking coolest shot. <laughs> <laughs> like... Holy shit. What a badass. If the cherry does something you <laughs> don't like. like yeah. That's, the <laughs> that's another one. Big It's a great a idea J too. Big Justin. Yeah, Justin. And fucking what's uh our freaking drummer Reese is Mr. MMA over here. Yeah. George St. Pierre guy over here putting yeah. him in the freaking arm bar or some shit and got him in the arm bar. I was like, "Damn, bro." <laughs> He's fucking hardcore. I mean, he does it immediately. Like, okay, this guy's yeah. done this before. He's had some problems. He's been fighting for a while. Mm -hmm. He's definitely doing the whole punk lifestyle. Like, I don't care who the fuck you are. And they do great with setting that up, too. And I don't think that they overdo that, either. It's like, he's pissed at the restaurant when they don't right. pay him they enough. They show that they he's willing to fight, even before he gets there. Yeah. yeah. You know he's the one that's going to fight, if any yeah. of them are. He's the guy that, uh, you know, when the negotiations right. go south, and you're not getting paid, like we used to do with Scott. You send that you send that guy in to go get your fucking money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like send send them in. But I, I you know the whole back and forth between uh, Patrick Stewart and and the the kids is it does such a great job of setting up tension and you're just you don't well, know where this is going to end up. Is the thing in this movie, right? It builds from that from that point when he walks in and witnesses the the death. And then it really elevates and elevates yeah. and elevates and elevates, like to the point where, and they of course keep having to come back to the room after like failed attempts to escape. Yeah. Yeah. It just ratchets up and it's not that long. So you don't have to have this big lull in the middle of the movie. Like so many movies have, it's a wild ride. It's not like in Leprechaun where they go back to the house five times and you're like, how many fucking times? And they're like, you, you understand why they have to keep going back to this room here. It's, you know, it's the title of the movie. Like that's, I love that aspect of it too. It's like, this is your safe haven. This is what you're going to get you through this, you know? But before we get to the uh, moment of this movie, <laughs> let's do a little bit of cast talk. Almost famous. I know that, dude. I don't know them. I know her. You, haven't you ever heard of that guy? What, what, that guy who was in that movie that was out last year? I'm sort of famous for being almost famous. It would it would not be right for me to not bring up Anton Yelchin when we talk yes. about almost famous. Yes. Uh, rest in peace. Unfortunately, this was his last theatrical movie before he passed There's away. There's a few from him that I have not seen. I am a fan. I 
I like him. I, I love him in this. I think he's excellent. I can't imagine this movie with anyone other than him. Uh, he's perfectly cast in this film to me. Uh, and he's excellent in uh, yeah. the uh, Fright Night uh, remake as well. Thoroughbreds. Odd Thomas and Burying the X. Check those out. The first time I saw him was in Alpha Dog, that movie Alpha Dog with Justin Timberlake. And that was that was pretty good. And that was the first time I really took notice of him. He had been in a, a bunch of movies before right, that, but right. like as a as a child actor. Terminator I think. Salvation. But I like Salvation. I don't think it's as bad as everybody says it is. Oh, it was all right. It's the last good Terminator movie. But uh, I wanted to bring up um, Aaliyah yeah, Shawcat. I, I don't know if yeah. that, I'm pronouncing her name uh, correctly, but I've seen her in quite a few things uh, after this. And I think she's making a pretty good name for herself right now, especially in the like yeah, the indie. I remember from Whip It indie movies and uh, the Drew Barrymore uh, roller skate roller derby movie, uh, and uh, the Runaways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And she was in Final Girls, I right? Think, too. I need to rewatch that. I remember liking it when I when I watched it the first time, but I haven't rewatched it since. The singer for the Ain't Rights, um, Tiger. Callum he's Turner. uh kind of big right piece. now in the Harry Potter world. Yeah. He's in the Fantastic Beast movies. He's nerd. Anyway, uh, <laughs> what about uh, what about David W. Thompson, uh, Tad, the guy with the, the the vacuuming guy? I've seen yeah. him somewhere, but I looked through his filmography well, and I boys. can't place what I've seen him in before. For one. Oh, he was in Gotham. He was in Gotham the TV show. I remember him there. Uh, he's in Blue Ruin as well. Uh, probably worth mentioning, old uh, old Gabe here, Macon Blair. Uh, we, you know, already kind of mentioned he was the lead in Blue Ruin and he was in uh, Murder Party as well. So he's obviously followed uh, old, uh, old Saunier around. So that's cool. You see what he's going to be doing next? He's directing the Toxic Avenger movie. No shit. He's actually going to direct it. Who is? So our- Macon Blair? Yep. Gabe. Oh, really? It says right here. Oh, yeah. Uh, Filming. Be- but it doesn't it- say director. It says director on mine when I looked it up. Oh, it is. Yeah, director. Oh, wow. That's pretty cool. I've also seen the dude who plays Big Justin somewhere before, too. But Absolutely. Uh, he's in Parks and Rec. He was at- in Jurassic World and Hills Have Eyes, too. Hills <laughs> Have Eyes, too. I could. That's one I could. I started and stopped. And I love the Hills Have Eyes. The I like the, the remake. remake I like but... the, the first remake. Yeah, part one. Yeah, the first uh, remake. Part yeah. two. Yeah. I tried to watch part two, but I couldn't. I couldn't. It was too bad. It's kind of like watching Wrong Turn 24. You know, because I think that's where they're at now in those movies where they started them over now. I don't know. I think Patrick Stewart, I barely know that guy. Patrick Stewart, he's kind of a newcomer. I knew I've seen him somewhere, but I didn't think he was famous enough to put him but down. You know what's funny is I remember seeing him as a kid in another movie before Star Trek. Uh, and as besides, a kid? Yeah, I saw, I saw him as a kid. Before. You saw him when you were a kid. Yeah, when I was a kid. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was a kid. Because he was pretty old before uh, he ever hit the scene. <laughs> and it's a movie I would even like to do because it's a movie I loved as a kid. Uh, it was the movie Excalibur. 80s. He had hair in that. A little bit. Right? Just he had a, a little, little bit. He had some yeah. hair. Yeah. Did you Did you guys ever see the, uh, the... I know you're not Star Trek guys. I watched like all of the Next Generation with my dad mm-hmm. growing up. Uh, they started with... Uh, Patrick Stewart as Jean-Luc Picard with a hairpiece and they were going to have him have hair oh. on the series. So there's, you can look, you can Google it and you can <laughs> see him with hair. And the captain, he's in the captain's chair with a hair. Yeah, piece. and he's got the hairpiece <laughs> and it's like, oh, this is all wrong. Bro, this is the, the Federation. Okay, the Federation of Planets. They're an advanced species. Racism has been cured. 
we're not going to like men aren't going to be wearing toupees at this point. We're, we're an evolved society. Okay. If you're bald, you're bald. You're bald, you're bald. Bald is beautiful. Think of how many women loved Jean-Luc Picard. Oh, guy was a player. Dude, he was all, was at People's Magazine, Sexiest Man Alive. What, at least he a He absolutely times. was. Absolutely was. There you go. Well, voice. I think you guys. Hey, here's, a, here's a question. Josh, I'm going to interrupt you one more time. Just hold it. Shh. Hold it. Hold. Uh, what do you think of his accent in this movie? Is he trying to hide the British accent? Yeah, he's trying to hide it. But it's not really because he still sounds Every British. I, I was just like, just be British or I, I don't know. Like, Eric, why are you trying to find shit to fucking d- diss on in this movie, man? It's weird because I love this movie a lot and I love Patrick Stewart a lot. But his a accent lot. in this movie is sketchy. It's like his character. <laughs> I think it fits the character. You don't really know. Yeah, what to where think. is he from? What the, what the fuck is it? Well, you can't guy? do that if where you're leading an uh, an alt right uh, gang. You have to be like America first, man. You can't sound like a. But that's the other aspect I love is like he is who he is in this movie, talking the way he talks. But these people, t- you can tell these people fucking respect this guy well, and would never do anything to cross him. And the people that do end up do. in a bad bad spot. <laughs> but no i think the guitar player girl um aliyah shawkat i think she's got a bright future ahead of her you say so i would say if anton wasn't if he was since he's not with us anymore i think he would have been i think he could have kept going absolutely he was he was on his way yeah absolutely and i mean uh, and i'd say imogen poots is doing pretty well for herself give me more imogen poots I think she's great and everything. I like her a lot. All right, guys. So we've been mentioning when this movie takes a turn, and here's where it takes a fucking turn. They should not have given the gun back. There's a lot they shouldn't have done. Now, however, I do like they, the conversation back and forth. Yeah. I think, like, I I don't even think I would have thought that when they're talking about getting the gun back, he's like, all right, we'll give you the gun, but we're keeping the bullets. What like, fucking sense does that make? They obviously all have guns outside. Yes, I, but again, I, I I think I think it was the wrong decision. They totally. would certainly take it back if they could. But I think they're they're trying to get out of this without violence. They don't want to escalate things. I could see myself making the same decision, just being like, "Yeah, we could probably get out of this, right? We can get out of here without you know." And they don't realize quite how bad things are for them. From the yeah. point that they say it's naivete. But the point when they say, "Hey, yeah. we'll give you the gun if you give us a phone," and they say no. Fuck no! I am yeah, that's it right that. there. <laughs> I am keeping that to protect myself. Absolutely, that the, that's probably the as start soon as, of a yeah. dumb decision. Right as there. soon as they said no, you can't have the phone. You go, okay, I'm in shit now. Yeah, like I, I have I'm, to. The thing is, guys, is they know they're in shit. Like, what other choice do they but have? But that's the thing is they, they like, know they're that's in where shit. they're at. You fucking is... start laying fucking five big ass bullet holes to the door when they start coming through. And you do whatever you can to survive. But the, at that point, that's a dumb mistake because why won't they give you a phone? They obviously know that they don't want you to make a call to the police or anybody else. So therefore, they know they're going to detain you. You know they're probably armed outside because of uh, Amber's in the room. She's already kind of told you what's kind of going on. Yeah, yeah. And at this point, you know you're stuck in this room with yeah. armed people outside. Don't you don't want to give, give up, up your gun. Your protection. Why yeah, give yeah. up your gun? I would not. That's another reason I love that she's there is she's there to, to they don't know if they can trust her, but she has information. They could shoot us at any time. Yeah, but they haven't. How do we even know that they have guns? They have guns. No question. We're going to trust you? 
We've got zero leverage. Ask for a phone. They've got guns. You're fucked. <laughs> you know? But yeah, from the moment that fucking arm Ugh. went out that door he and when it came back, dude, I remember in the theater when he when they pulled that fucking arm back yeah. in the hole. Yeah. Oh I thought he God, was done. Dude. Like I thought he was just gonna bleed out and die right there. When we, first time we saw it, I was like, he's dead. Dude, I'll give props to that too. In this movie, is yeah, uh, whoever did the special effects makeup for the wounds that happened in this movie yeah. and the death, top notch because that yeah. looked real. Mm -hmm. It looked like you could see fatty tissue. From the arm and everything opened up. The wrist. Yeah. yeah. And that we get a good shot of that later when Amber takes care of Big Justin. Uh, that yeah. shot, too. But, man, you're like, oh, my God, with this uh, Pat's arm all laid open. and I think the pacing of all of that happens really well, too, because you're just really kind of reeling from the shock of what you just saw on his arm. And that shot when they mm -hmm. show his wrist and it splays open and you can see the meat hanging out of it. like, Yeah, his hand is hanging, you know, hanging off. It's useless. If there's if there's one thing that's unbelievable in this movie is that he's able to do anything with that arm throughout the rest of this movie. I was actually watching closely this time. That was one thing I wanted to do was watch the arm and make sure he didn't use the hand for the rest of the movie. And he doesn't. Yeah, the he only thing he ever does. Is he, yeah. The only he yeah. holds on to the shotgun of this forearm, uh, but he never uses a hand for anything. It, it is it is gone. There's no way this man can use his hand. Uh, I yeah. I love that moment of panic where they're all freaking out. The arm gets broken, you know, like everything goes to shit in that moment. It, yeah. You know, we talked uh, when we were talking green movies. We talk about wreck, and I it, it reminds me of wreck when shit hits the fan. Everyone's freaking out, and I I love how that is captured. It's hard to capture yeah. properly. I think I I also like it in um your next mm -hmm. when the yeah. attack on the house happens. There's these moments in these movies and they all seem yeah. to resonate with me for some reason where shit hits a fan and everyone's freaking out and shit's going on. Boom, 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 boom. All these different things are happening and you're just like, holy fuck. Yeah. <gasps> when she cuts Big Justin, yeah. Jenny and I were watching and, and, you know, all this shit's going down. And again, like Jenny, I don't think has watched this since the first time I watched it with her. <laughs> and uh, she's watching it this time and she's, she let out an audible <gasps> when, when she started slicing up his belly and it just starts to flay open. Like she utter, like audibly gasped because she didn't was not expecting and it's, that shit. It's not a quick slash. It's a slow. And what's uh, funny. I mean, like I said, the, yeah. the realism in that. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know if you guys have ever had to slice skin, someone's stomach a, open. Do I know skin a deer or anything like that and cut no. through fatty tissue? It, I, that's how I, it opens up. Dude, imagine cutting a, a pork yeah. loin long yeah, ways. Yeah, yeah. Sure, it sure. Would, it would just peel open. And it, the, the guy who did that that makeup job, fantastic. Yeah. All I mean, the effects here are yeah. great, and they're all makeup effects, you know, obviously. So, it looks so real. You're like, yeah. Ooh. Yes. And I, I, when I remember watching it this time, I mean, I've seen it a few times. And this time, and I think I, I just got to eat dinner. And I get there, I was like, <laughs> yeah. That's that's good. Oh, <laughs> you, you know it's coming, but when it happens, you're like, oh, you know, awesome. Yeah, but I mean, even before this too, we we kind of skipped it apart where they actually went down and they found the basement where they're making all the drugs. Yeah, because that's where uh, Tiger comes back with the duct tape for his arm. Yep, good call, Tiger. Now, do you do you think they needed that in here? That's one question I have about the heroin, the heroin room. Well, but that's why they're so freaking out about what's going on. They're not worried about the murder. 
they're worried about what the shit is in the basement. But, and I think that's a cool right. twist. Like with these eight twenty four films, we always get some kind of twist. That's a twist. It's not the murder they give a shit about. Yeah. It's the fucking drugs in the basement that they're scared of. They don't care that some that guy stabbed her in the head. They yeah. don't give two. Yeah, shit they say that in the movie. It's it was never about us. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, about it's the never drugs. about. The, it was about the drugs in the basement. But the, but the thing is, is I think you could take that story element out of this and make the same movie. I agree. You could probably make probably the same could. movie. The the it wouldn't change much. the The only thing it does is give us a new location or an extended location for yeah. them to we get the move. to do a couple things. Yeah, it, yeah. it just otherwise we'd be in this room the whole time. Yeah. So yeah. it gives us another another area for a set piece, and they do play with that with like dangling the body yeah. down and things like that, hiding in there. And they've decided to f- to to frame these kids as they came on their land to siphon gas. And yep. the dogs got them. So that's perfectly legal because they're trespassing and the dogs. Attack. And the, the, the thought process of this is uh, Darcy. He's like, bam, bam, bam. He's he's laying it out. It adds another layer to like, OK, not only are these kids fucked in the situation they're in, they're not even thinking about what they're being framed for outside of all of this. Like just the the way all of this just intermingles and but, yeah, and it keeps just... it very it keeps it very uh you know all the blades and stuff which are part of what make this movie so gnarly and awesome is all the the hatchet or the machetes and yeah the, and the box cutter and all that stuff is because they don't want bullets they don't want uh cuts Traceable. on the bones yeah they want to say dogs ripped them up so they can cut them with yeah. knives don't hit the bone he says. You know, if you shoot him, you got to dig the bullet out because, you know, we're going to say the dogs killed him, not a bullet. So or even when they get to they, they get three of them and he's like, OK, we can we can we can make do with the fourth. We don't have to explain him. He can go missing like. Right. They have thought yeah. this shit yeah. through. Yeah, man. we can just bury him out in the mountains somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like when they get Reese, you know, he's bleeding out because like, ask him, is he still breathing? Yeah. He says, well, that'll change the time of death. Let him bleed. Let him I mean, bleed. Darcy yeah. is that maniac. Yeah. I mean, he is fucking it's cold, That's dude. Why I think he's scary. Yeah. He's just oh, sitting sure. there, laid it out that this is how we get rid of this and not get tied to it. Yeah. And, and but, dude, that dog scene when they first let him in there, and you know what's going on, and that one goes in there and gets hold of Tiger by the throat. Ugh. Ooh, and dude, Ooh. the makeup on that when you see him walk away and you see his neck all chewed up is like, it's gnarly. And you know, we we talked not too long ago about. uh uh, a Texas Chainsaw and the the I forget the guy's name Kurt anyway the guy that you know he gets hit with the hammer and he's like twitching and mm-hmm. you know uh, Tiger twitches yeah. and takes little breaths little death you throws or whatever that is gurgles yeah. come out yeah he's gurgling and he's not quite dead I stuff like that where it's you know in in another movie it would be dog jumps on guy he's dead but in this movie he's not quite dead he's just dying yeah and he's trying to breathe through his bloody neck hole and he can't. That's mm. where like this movie gets a little extra and gives you the willies, you know? Well, that's even like the part with Big Justin in this typical yeah, horror yeah. movie where she cut him, blood's going to just pour out. Right. No, they kept it pretty real because that's kind of how it happens. I mean, you just right. kind of open because you got a lot. He was a big guy, so he's got a lot of fat and it's tissue. A, and it's a razor blade, so you're not going to be breaking yeah. a lot of you know, like it's going to be a pretty clean, open cut. You're right. It, it, everything about this, it, it doesn't pull punches. Uh, it lingers, lingers on the violence. It lets you see it, you know, uh, and 
it shows how ugly. I mean, this is also and, and and not just not just sorry, but not just in the effects, but also in everyone's reactions. When people die in this film, I want the audience to be a little confused. Listen, I want them to be shocked and not roaring and clapping. I want them to feel the impact as long as they experience it at that heightened level that other other kind of films can't do i'll be happy well yeah i mean that's that's where this is also another turn is you know we're starting to lose our 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 main characters we're following throughout this movie we lose two of them right here boom two of them we lose two and you have to go back to the room you've gained nothing you've gained nothing except you've lost two friends right and you have nothing you're still stuck in there oh my god god dude just you just you saying that is like making me god damn yeah (laughs) i know dude that's part of why this movie's so badass you're just like god damn this shit sucks i don't know about you josh but i i was with the dog the fucking microphone feedback was killing me dude that is i love that's a great detail oh yeah they but i mean hey can we talk about how uh Quiet Place ripped this movie off. Let's just say it. Quiet Place ripped this movie off. Oh. Ooh. Ooh. Is this a Christopher Stolen thing? <laughs> this is a John Christielzy. No. <laughs> Sorry, I had one second to think of that. That's all you get. You did all right. I give it about a six out of a ten. That was pretty good. I'll take it. Uh, yeah. The, the Again, the analog kind of helps them out uh there you know uh pat's clever he realizes that the dog doesn't like it and he uses it mm-hmm. to, to you know to his advantage one thing i want to talk about is uh is the rick silva story i was about to say the same thing <laughs> <laughs> i love the rick silva story it is so true i've actually been there i've been paintballing where like elite paintballers were going nuts and destroying me so i know how that feels <laughs> and uh I did not have my Rick Silva moment, unfortunately. I just got my ass kicked. But uh, Pat's right. If you're trying to out military the military, it's not going to work. If you're trying to, you know, so you got to just like confuse the shit out of them. Be crazy. Be nuts. And and they disassociate yeah. with this when they play war. Right. They mm-hmm. they, they are so scared. Yeah. Uh, they are terrified. This allows them to feel like they're they're playing. It allows them to dis- disassociate from their situation, and it helps them deal with it, and uh, it keeps them alive. Which I so I, I love that story. I just skipped over Sam's death, but uh, yeah, I love I love the the, uh, the the Rick Silva story. Is, and the is funny thing about that story, it was put in the film because it was a story well, that the director had actually. Oh really? Involved in. He put it in there. It's a story That's Rick Silva is an actual yeah. person. Oh really? Even better. I Well, you know, you, you think of, um, have you ever played someone or, you know, like competed with somebody in a game and they're new and they don't follow the conventions of what a, a skilled player would do? Oh, they'll kick your ass every time. And you'll lose them. You'll be like, how the hell did I just mm-hmm. lose it? It happens in football, right? Or, or sports, like a, a lesser team will pull out some crazy trick play and end up winning the game. You know, I, it's, you're, when you're mm-hmm. playing at a high level in anything, you, you're expecting logical decisions from your opponent. But when you do something cuckoo, like put war paint on your face and shave your mm-hmm. head and hide in the couch, you know, you, you might get the upper hand. Yeah. You see. That, that's funny. You did that as a sports reference. And I'll, I'll take it back since <laughs> me and Eric like to talk the foosball. Uh, for instance, the Saints playing the Colts in the Super Bowl. 
went to kick off at uh, the, the kickoff after halftime. They yeah. did an onside kick. Yeah. You don't do that. <laughs> you don't do that. You don't you do just that. Don't. And guess what? They won the fucking game. Yep. They won a Super Bowl from doing that. But that's the thing. It's like you do like what they're doing. You do shit that you don't do. For then, for for all intents and purposes, it's a hail mary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. I mean, you're 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 just gonna yeah. roll the dice. It's a it's a high risk, high reward option yeah. that is the only way you can win because you can't just line up straight and and win. You have but to before, take a risk. Yeah. But before that, I want to talk about they actually got help from one of the skinheads, Daniel, because we find that Daniel was actually with mm-hmm. the, the dead girl in the room, Emily. And he's the brother He's the brother of the Sad, kid they were yes. staying with Sad. the night yeah. before. So what do you guys think of that subplot? I mean, that, that makes sense. I think it works in that mm-hmm. moment because, I mean, it gives you like, a oh, glimmer of hope help, for the but... characters. But I, I'm going to tell you what. <laughs> this movie got a fucking jump scare out of that me. That one? Oh, yeah. That's the shotgun? When Daniel gets behind the bar and they just fucking shoot him right out dude <laughs> and all of that it wasn't a gut shot they shot him in the side of the fucking face yeah they blew half his head off and, and, and you're like, yeah you, you yes. like you said it's a glimmer of hope in a very dire movie like a very bleak film a bleak situation and they give you a little mm-hmm. glimmer of hope you're like oh they have a chance whoop nope <laughs> here's your little rope rambo take it away <laughs> we're gonna take it back and th- but then this leads us to them running back to the room and they're in the, the again the second a second time they've had to retreat with nothing yeah and we lost sam and that's when we uh, lose sam but yeah you heard him when they ran outside they were shooting at him you know uh darcy patrick he said don't shoot amber oh yeah because i mean she's the re- she's she's kind yeah. of the well part of the reason they're in all of this because she's part of that subplot. They also do a great job of tying up that story within this movie too, of like, why was Daniel leaving town and all of that shit? And then they find the bat in the back in the trunk of the car. Like they've thought out all these little aspects that they've kind of set up throughout this movie and they close them up for yeah, you. And too. that could be that little subplot could be something in another movie that we'd say, Oh, cut it. But it all, it's very concise the storytelling yeah. here is so quick and clean. You never feel like there's fat on on the story that can be trimmed. It, it's so tight. They trimmed it on Big Justin. They trimmed it. Yeah, they trimmed him down. <laughs> they trimmed Big Justin down. He's a couple <laughs> pounds lighter. <laughs> I was saying earlier that this works as a horror movie, and I think a lot of that is due to some of the shots in it. Eric already brought up the one where she lights the lighter. Um the other is one you mentioned just, just a second mm-hmm. ago is when she crawls out from underneath those couch cushions and starts yeah. creeping towards that she guy. She pulls out the, the box that cutter. Shot right there like, is dude, this girl awesome, is dude. bad ass. Like, yeah. She's like, I've already killed with this once. I'm ready to go again. Yeah, she kind of, She's kind of scary. She reminds me of the girl from the ring coming out of the <laughs> right? TV, but she come out of the couch. Oh, it's such a badass book. moment when she, like, she <laughs> right. has all the greatest, like, badass moments in this. She's creeps out of that couch she's just like oh shit like she's like a freaking like like, another like a puma and creeping on its prey yeah when the white guy's (laughs) looking up yeah when the dude's down in the fucking heroin room and he shoots at her and he thinks it's her her own friend fucking girl's dead body i thought even before that when they're talking he's looking up at his buddy she just goes cuts his neck done and just this has one of my favorite lines or exchange of lines in the film too got him Totally flabbergasted that motherfucker. 
totally flabbergasted that motherfucker. <laughs> Excellent line. Just like confused the shit out of that poor bastard. This oh, movie God. has hints of comedy mm-hmm. in in subtle places. And it's shit like that right there, you know? And that's what I another another aspect of this that I just love. Comedy interjected like with the little quotes. Mine is when the uh, the two little skinheads, the, the newbies, come Shazbot. walking in. What? what? Who is that? Odin himself. Odin himself. So, <laughs> I was like, I love that shit. That was fucking hilarious. Yeah, yeah. That's probably one of my favorite ones. Yeah. And it, it, it's you, you don't even realize it, but Pat doesn't even kill anybody until the end. Or uh, Does he kill anybody? No. Amber takes care of everybody. No, he does kill. He kills somebody at the end of the movie. At the end of the movie, yeah. He kills. At the end of the movie, he does. At, he kills Darcy. Yeah, he's the kill shot. She oh, shoots okay. him. In the he leg, gets the last shot. But yeah, she kills everybody uh, yeah. ex- except for it, it, Darcy is killed by Pat. So that's his first kill. So Amber has a pretty good body count by the end of this movie. She's she's a badass dude. Uh-huh. Oh, she's the MVP of this movie for sure. She is one hundred percent the <laughs> MVP, dude. Pat doesn't survive without old Amber. They're all dead without her. Well, She's not a Nazi. She just hangs out with Nazis. Okay, so give her a break. I had to tell Jenny that she was like, "She's a Nazi." I was like, "No, she's not. She wouldn't be doing." No, she said she wasn't a Nazi. She had a hard upbringing. Listen, it's no excuse. Don't <laughs> hang out with Nazis, people. Nazis are bad. Fuck Nazis is all I'm saying. <laughs> That's all I'm trying to say. Really, if you think about it, the first time you guys saw this, when they set up the the thing with the dog, how the one dog gets wounded and runs away, like they say, the, but did you guys think that was going to lead to anything or like seal the movie up with a with an unhappy ending the first time? Yeah, yes, I thought they keep showing the dog. You know, it's coming back. It's it's you know it's uh it's Chekhov's dog, yeah. and he's going to come back. But it's an interesting way that it ends. Like I, <laughs> you know. And especially like now that I have a pit bull of my own, I'm just we're watching it. We're like, oh, it's so cute. OK, <laughs> let's put out a public service announcement <laughs> to people out there that don't like pit bulls. It isn't the dog that's bad. It's the owners that make them bad. Right. Like, oh, yeah. what's his name? What's his name? Clark. And that's the other thing. They kind of they kind of like put that last little last little piece on top of the movie when that dog comes back. And all, even though. He put him in this situation. He comes back and lays his head down on Kurt's arm. Like it still tries to give you a gentle feeling about the absolute monster that was just killed on screen. You know I, what I mean? I, maybe I'm overanalyzing, but I I feel like when when the dog lays down with Clark, that is almost you know we we've we've at this point we've bested. I mean, I guess we're to the end here. Uh, you know, uh, uh, our our two Pat and uh, mm-hmm. Amber have escaped. Uh, old, uh, old Gabe helped him get out. He says he wants to go to jail. Uh, he's seen the light. He wants to get out of here, thankfully. And, um, they decide to go after, uh, Darcy and, and, uh, they, they kill Darcy, which, what do you think about him just walking away, turning and walking away? It's a weird, isn't it a little strange? I think he was thinking they wouldn't do it. Yeah. I, I think it was too. I think he was thinking they won't. You're shoot not going to yeah, shoot I, me. It was arrogant, his arrogance. Bonnie, you were so scary at night. How how the tables yeah. have kind of turned, and, like, it's a cool fucking moment 
Well, dude. No, I agree. And Pat's been scared shitless the whole time. I mean, he's been more scared than his bandmates through most of this. He is a, you know, he is not your typical protagonist. Yeah, he's not your, he's a good person. He's not a hero. Yeah, like. And he's in a very violent situation and it makes him so endearing. And uh, Anton Yelchin plays it perfectly. You just really, you almost don't even want him to shoot Darcy because you want to just keep him innocent you know what i mean and Dar- darcy takes his innocence and i, yeah. I think there's a sadness yeah. to that and and i think there's a sadness to the dog laying with uh i forget his name clark. every time clark i think that's almost saying like i i think that i think that's a negative message it, you know it may, again maybe i'm reading too far into it but i feel like that's saying you know when you expose someone who's misleading people they'll still come back and i you know you see people going back to the Trump rallies now after all that shit. And they're still thinking 2024. And you're like, ah, like, come on, guys. We're just going to do this again. Yeah. Well, we were talking <laughs> about the, we were talking about the dog. I thought he was going to come back and lay on Pat's lap. Mm. Yeah, that would have been cool, too, for a different That would have been really cool for him. That's a, that would have been a more positive perspective. I think this is this movie is bleak. I think that would have been too sincere. Yeah, and I, I think it would have been too sincere. And same yeah. with the the last line of the film where she says, "Tell somebody like, no, they're not friends now." I love that too. Like they just been through this shit together. They've had to rely and trust one another. A desert island, babe. So you would think by the end of this, they've built that relationship. It could end on her saying, "Who?" Tell somebody who gives a shit. Yeah, it's a ballsy ending, but I think it's fucking amazing. I just don't think that this movie is optimistic. You know what I'm saying? And and I and I think the dog is that that last line is that it's not optimistic. It's saying this shit happens and it's going to keep happening. And well, Jason, whose tagline is it anyway? Yay! It's whose tagline is it anyway? For the taglines are made up and the points don't matter. Okay. Well, we have an ongoing competition where I do these taglines, Hollywood and me write our own taglines here, and Josh and Eric try to guess whose it is. Uh, I haven't actually added up the score, but I think Josh is still winning. But all right. First tagline. To them, music is life. Too bad it can be short. You wrote it. Yeah, I think you wrote it. I did. Yeah. Okay. Life is about choices. Now live or die. You wrote it. That that's vague. I think you wrote it. I did. <laughs> he tried to throw us with two fakies in a row. Maybe. Will he do a, th- a third fakie? I don't know. I've been playing a lot of Texas Hold'em lately. Let's see if I can bluff you guys. Let's see. This won't end well. Hmm. I think it's fake. I know it's fake. <laughs> <laughs> You're both right. <laughs> It's actually a lyric from a song from the band me and Josh are in. Nice way to tie it all together there, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, it does fit with the movie. There you go. All right. Wrong place, wrong time. Try to stay alive. I'll say that's real. Yeah, that sounds real. I wrote it. Oh, he gave us four fakies in a row. What an animal. Wow. Now, whatever you saw or did is no longer of my concern. But let's be clear. 
It won't end well. I guess I'll say real. It is real. It's real. That's more like a quote. It was hard to find <laughs> these for this movie, so. And fight, 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 dot, 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 for your life. <laughs> these all feel fake. This has to be fake. I'm just going fake. Yeah, I wrote it. Dude, y'all tied. Five and five. All right. Because there was only one tagline for this movie. I'm coming for you. (laughs) All right. Check back in next week. We'll see who wins. Well, if you were looking up Green Room on Rotten Tomatoes, it would have a 90% uh, 90 fresh on the tomato meter. Solid. 75% audience score. Bullshit. That's bullshit. Way too low. Way too low for the audience score, for sure. This movie is excellent. I love this movie. I like it more every time I see it. We we had a good month, uh, you know, minus Leprechaun, but mm-hmm. Alien and this, ooh, like, put those babies. I, I this movie for being something that just came out in 2015, like, I love. I it it just it checks all the boxes. Speaks yeah. to me. Yeah, yeah, it does. It does. It's some gnarly violence. It's got some tension. It's got great performances. It's got some good humor, style, cinematography looks good. Direction's great. Music's good. Yeah. 92 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Well, Rotten Tomatoes says, if you like Green Room, you might also like The Autopsy of Jane Doe. Yeah. Have you guys seen that? I have. It's good. It's not as good as this, but yeah. Jigsaw. I don't think that's a good recommendation. That's garbage. No. Stupid. <laughs> no. The Bay, which is a found footage movie about sea creatures. Haven't seen it. I have. It's not that great. Stoker, uh, Park Chan Wook's Stoker. I've not seen With that. Yeah, I've owned it. Haven't seen it. <laughs> it's a good movie. I don't know if it would pair well with this movie. And Good Night, Mommy. I have not seen that. Haven't seen it either. I have seen that, and it's it's different. But again, I would say your next would pair well with this movie. It's got a similar tone as far as like, oh, yeah, oh yeah. it's brutal. Oh yeah. There's some kind of clever humor to it. It's got good music. It's got good gore. I mean, uh, I figured Josie and the Pussycats would be in that list. I mean, I, I think it ties in well with this movie. Too. Yeah, Fern Gully, yeah, you freaking Fern. weirdo. That thing you do. This would be a good one to watch with that thing you that do. Thing, oh, yeah, that thing you do. Man, that's hardcore. I love when they cut Tom Hanks's belly open. <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, talk kills. I quit. <laughs> I quit. I quit, Mr. White. <laughs> right up his gut. Jason's going to pick the person that was killed by the bat prior to the events of this film. Yes! How did you know? <laughs> So, Jason, you get to start all the top kills from this point forward. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, I'm going to go with the one that I actually had a note about, and you mentioned it earlier. Uh, Daniel getting shot in the face. That's mine. Ooh. See, and that's why I did not want to do it. Well, we share a brain. Why not? It's okay. It's, it's interesting. Why not? Because fucking it's an awesome kill in this movie. It is. <laughs> like, it is. It's a great moment. But the problem uh, is, is then it. you get to you and Eric and you could change them if you really wanted to. So we should all say them at the same time. Well, that's not mine. Mine is Dennis. Dennis? Derek? What's his name? The belly Mark. cut. The belly cut. Big Justin. 
Justin. <laughs> Dennis. Yes, Big Justin is my top kill. But he gets choked out. He comes back to life. He gets choked out again. Then belly sliced open. Gets his arm broken. I'm I'm including the whole thing. Huh? Say, but did he die when she cut it, or was he already dead from being choked out? He might have been already dead, but they weren't sure, so she just sliced him wide open. Just, just I, I think he was probably dead yeah. before she cut I, him, I think but, that motherfucker's uh, just, dead. We're going to roll that question. up into a nice <laughs> egg roll with a little broken arm bar, uh, belly yeah, slice, and, uh, and... I think and Justin got the shit into the stick in this movie. Busted arm, choked out, belly cut open. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. But can we all agree the most needed kill was that fucking gunshot to the fucking head of Darcy? Yep. By Pat. It's nice that, to get a little blood was, spoutage. Well, I mean, I just thought it was cool that, and you're like you said, we were talking about he walks away, like you guys, and he's got a gun. Yeah. And I think he that's why he was walking away. He was going to try to turn around. And uh, yeah. He, it shots. looked like he was trying to pull it out while he's walking away, and then he was going to pop out. And that fucking shot by Pat, dude, he's a crack shot, dude, right in the head. Yeah. Mm hmm. I still think Patrick Stewart plays that scene to with a little bit of like he's doing what he's doing, but you can tell like he's scared, like he's not on it, like he has been all night long. At that, I point. agree, he's vulnerable. Yeah. After particularly after Pat has that line about you, you're not as scary as you were. That's where he goes. Oh, I better get the fuck out of here. Well, the other part I thought about that when he says you're not as yeah. scary as you were is because mm -hmm. he walks up and it's an old man with a garden rake. Yeah. Yeah, he's not. He's I mean, raking. Patrick Stewart is not yeah. a, a, a large yeah. figure. You know, he's not a man of stature. He's a relatively slender guy. No, small guy. Yeah, he's older. He goes, oh, yeah, you're just an old man, you know, in your garden. And I want to say I'm ashamed that neither one of you brought up the most important performance of Patrick Stewart's career. Toby Hooper's life force. <laughs> of course. Duh. I skipped I, I skipped that on purpose. Yeah, he had hair in that, too, didn't he? Did he have hair in that? I think he had a little bit of hair on the sides. <laughs> that was also his first on-screen kiss. Was remember we talked about that in Life Force. Well, since we're talking about him, let's finish this bitch up. The good, the bad, the ugly. Why? Yeah. I don't know why I did that. I will start. The good. It's Sir Patrick Stewart. I think he's awesome in this movie. <laughs> I don't have a problem with him. Also, Anton Yelchin. I think Anton Yelchin gives a fantastic performance. I buy every emotion he goes through. In Absolutely. This movie. Couldn't agree more. When he, when he comes back in after the arm incident and he's just laying on the ground, holding his arm, crying his yeah. eyes out. Yeah. It, it, it is, it is like, that is what sticks with you about this movie is that shit right there. Those performances and how brutal 100%. we didn't talk about that uh, it, when we were talking about it, but you're, you're totally right. When, when he's crying, like, uh, you know, tiger has to calm him down because I mean, and rightfully so, if you saw your arm that looked like that, you'd be freaking yeah. the hell out too. And he is freaking panicking, dude. He is losing his shit right there. Yeah. And, and tiger not only calms him down, but also gets the, the, the tape for him to get his arm kind of taped up, which might've saved his life, you know? Uh, yeah. That's the, another aspect of this band too, is you can, you know, they're a unit, but you can see that they're four different personalities too. Yep. And they take care of each other and they've all got their issues, but yeah. But they take care of one another. Yes. You know, like that's another it's, and, and that's why it's so heartbreaking when any of them experience anything in this movie, especially when three of them die. Yeah. You know? The brief scene in the apartment and them in the, the van when they have to go get the thing and they, Oh, let's ride on the bike. You know, they're riding on the bike together. Like 
you get these little moments in the beginning that are, it happens really quickly, but you don't realize they're establishing the relationships and they all, they all kind of tease each other. They love each other. They take care of each other. They, you know, and even though they kind of have to harden up in the end of this movie, like the beginning of it even shows like a sense of innocence. Cause you know, the kid wakes up and they drew all over his face, like some very adolescent fucking shit, yeah. you know? And yeah, they're kids, man. They're kids. All right, Josh, bad. <laughs> But other other than that, um, I mean, the tension, the violence, the cast, like, I love all of that. That shit's good. Um, I love the Desert Island band wraparound. Like, I, I think that shit's hilarious. Uh, bad is I hate, I hate, hate, hate when dogs are bad in movies. And unfortunately, this is some bad fucking dogs in this movie. And I, you know, again, there's the debate. Is it the dog or is it the people? I understand it's the people. Absolutely, it's the people. But I just hate I hate that when dogs are put in a situation like that. I don't yeah, like it's it. It's rough to see a dog. Like I said, we were like, oh, it looks like May Dog. And then I was like, <laughs> ripping his neck out. But at the end, yeah, it's you can tell it's an yeah. innocent creature that's been trained to do that. And uh, ugly is Imujin Poots' hair. Mm. Dude, I love it. It's hot. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. <laughs> Okay, Eric, good, bad, and ugly. Well, um, okay, the good is light cigarette. Careful now. Holy shit! Imogen Poots, Imogen Poots, lighting the cigarette. Careful now. I steals the show. Steals the show. So badass. MVP. MVP. So cool. Amazing. I love it. Um, and she's great throughout the whole film. I'll just say her for good. Bad. Patrick Stewart, <laughs> Patrick Stewart being in the, the casting. I'm going to say the casting of Patrick, oh, not Patrick Stewart. Oh. The casting of Patrick Stewart is the bad. I think he did a great job, but him being there, knowing who he is and where he came from and him being such a massive character previously, it'd be like, you know, when you take someone who's known for something and you just can't think of them as anything else. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you take uh wh- wh- who am i talking about freaking matthew perry and you're like that's chandler bing like whenever you see him you know what i'm saying it's just him being there is a distraction it was all it, it got it probably got people to watch this movie honestly so maybe it was a good call but i when i try to find something bad that's it and ugly is imogen poot's hair only because just what josh said <laughs> written on my thing if you want no, i don't care whatever see my notes whatever. anyway <laughs> you I, lap dog. I, I after she got this haircut <laughs> after she got this haircut she tried to join an ugly contest and they said sorry no professionals you know what i'm saying here comes the dad jokes i just heard that on set she threw a boomerang and it refused to come back pretty ugly <laughs> jason rounded out uh my good uh great writing for this love the flow Love the way uh, all the characters are written in this movie. I think they perform well with each other throughout the whole movie. Uh, even the bad guys, the way they yep. were, they're just well-written characters. Uh, the acting along with that, because you can have the greatest mm-hmm. writing, but if you ain't got good actors, it's it turns the movie to shit. So we got great actors in this. Uh, yeah. The realism of the kills. I love that. I mean, I know I, I love horror movies. I love blood splatter way over the top, like Robert Rodriguez, yeah. five gallons of blood for a stab wound. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's cool. But I, I, I like the realism in this. And I even like how the movie stays grounded. It's very realistic of what the hell is going on. Uh, 
My bad. Skinheads. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, exactly. skinheads. <laughs> yeah. There's not, I mean, it didn't have that much bad. I mean, like I said, just the normal stuff. I mean, the movie's well written, it's well good. The ugly, I'd say, you know, dogs dying. Oh, I thought That's you were going to say Imogen Poot's hair. No, I think she's hot. So. Yeah. <laughs> just to disagree with youtube i love how jason's dead set on no. doing something completely different than everybody it. else That's it's like boring. no i can't have the same opinion as, as someone else on the show you're so different and interesting <laughs> <laughs> oh god <laughs> you're a dick <laughs> eric is always a dick <laughs> he's the redheaded stepchild of this show Literally. <sighs> I'm sorry. So have you guys seen have you guys seen the poster for Green Room? I have, but I can't remember it. Um it's you know Anton Yelchin in the hallway holding the the machete like and and I read this earlier and it's that was based on the cover to London Calling. Oh, the, that is cool. I was going to bring up that poster. I didn't know that, but I was going to bring up that poster because how cool it is. It was actually a note I had and I didn't say it. And then knowing that it's it's a yeah. clash reference is even cooler. That's gonna do it for our conversation about Green Room. Tell us what you thought. What do you think about Green Room? Uh yeah. Do you like it? Do you dislike it? If you don't like it, then I, I urge you to reconsider. Are you a Nazi? Are you offended by things we've said? Let us know. That's a very good reason to not like this movie. Hey, do we have a giveaway? And since this is an A24 movie we talked about this week, I want to bring up that we are giving away this copy of Lamb from A24. Uh, it's another one of those, just like what we talked about at the beginning of the show. Uh, you got to think about it a little bit, but I thought it was something something pretty, pretty good. So we have a copy here that we're going to be giving away to one of our listeners. All you have to do is be subscribed to our YouTube channel. Leave a <laughs> comment below that says, Mary had a little lamb. Yeah. And we will Can I win if I enter? Yeah, because oh. I haven't I haven't seen the movie either, so <laughs> can I win the sure, movie? Go for so it. Watch it. We will take all 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 people considered. If you're a US resident, <laughs> you we are this is US residents only. Sorry. And guys, that wraps up Green Month as well. We're done talking about green movies for a little while. So we'll be coming back in April with a special one for April Fool's Day. I'll just let you guys mull over what we're going to be talking about on April Fool's Day. Think about it real hard. All right, well, we will be back next week. But until then, be kind. Rewind! Rewind! Get the fuck out. You've been listening to the VHS Files podcast. Watch a few movies, take a few notes. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and drop us a rating and a review wherever you get your podcast. It was fun. <laughs> Send your questions, comments, and movie suggestions to vhsfilespodcast at gmail.com. He's sick with the using one too many movies. Don't you blame the movies! Follow us on all social media outlets at vhsfilespodcast. Movies don't create psychos! Check out our YouTube channel for more content. Movies make psychos more creative! <laughs> Thanks for listening. Segment. I can't hear you. <laughs> I know I'm talking to him. Well, hey, you guys were, uh, you know, analyzing the movie. Yeah. There's one thing about this movie is it's got bookends. Did you realize what the bookends are? The first word in this movie is shit. The last word in the movie is shit. Oh, that's interesting. Yep, starts with him waking up and goes shit.
And then she says, who gives a shit? And That's interesting. Goes, He's hmm. probably saying uh, got the a world shit is beginning shit. and a shit ending. <laughs> the world is shit. We live in a shit world sandwich. of shit. It's a shit sandwich. Bam. It's there you go. Shit Eric. sandwich. Take shit a big sandwich. bite. Take a big old bite. Follow it up with a glass of milk. 